You want to re- restart on the COVID talk? Yeah, the <laughs> elephant in the room. <laughs> it uh, finally happened. It's this weird feeling of like avoiding it for two and a half years and can't can't run forever. Do you feel like you failed in any way? There was a little bit of that feeling, uh, especially because the the most annoying part was the vaccine for my daughter's age group just came out and we just weren't quick enough on the draw and it was pretty limited within the first like month, the availability. So we couldn't get her in and then she catches it in that window (laughs) and it's like, Oh man. Um, And then of course, you know, she caught it from daycare and now I get to, to live the reality of every parent of I'm going to catch everything that my daughter brings home from (laughs) wherever she goes. Yep. And they like the kids don't have good immune systems. They're just passing all this stuff around. They're sneezing on each other in the face. There's nothing you can do about that. And apparently this is how every coronavirus in, you know, human history has gone that kills all (laughs) the old people, but babies catch it when they're young and it's like, eh, whatever. And then yep. when they're old and they catch it again, it's just a cold. So that's we're just starting that process right here. It's a little science experiment. Yeah, it's going great. We're having fun. <laughs> uh, and Jared failed, but I'm I'm two <laughs> two Ronas in, and Jared has only got one. So I, I think I'm still lapping you. Yeah, in yeah. that regard. And I'm going to Vegas for work in like two weeks. So that's probably. Uh, really my chance to get a uh, uh, three-peat, you know? I, I'm pretty sure that's where we, we essentially got it from the a Vegas trip from our uh, friends who do our daycare <laughs> with us. You're just, like, pretty confident that they were in Las... Like, they were in Las Vegas, and it's like, they had to get it. Yeah. Like, there's no way. They went to a wedding at a Taco Bell in Vegas, and... That rocks. Now that does sound worth it. Was it at a Taco Bell cantina, like with the alcohol and everything? I think so. I mean, like Baja Blast. Yeah. With the, uh, yeah. That does sound really bad for a wedding. I'm like off coronavirus now. I'm all I'm all about this Taco Bell cantina <laughs> wedding. Are you like are you like drinking Baja Blast slushes until you like vomit green? That just sounds so sweet. So well, so nasty. What was it? It was only like a month ago that. Uh, I had a whole, one of my riffs was uh, named after getting Baja blasted because I had the genius <laughs> idea of mixing tequila with my Baja blast. It was very sweet. You're an innovator. <laughs> no, actually it wasn't. I put Everclear in it. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Just Te- drown Tequila would have oh, actually man. been appropriate pairing. You know we're like Midwestern because both of us just have Everclear on hand. Like yeah. I assume you didn't go buy that for the Baja Blast. You I just had it. it. I just had it. Um, yeah, and you couldn't even buy it in Washington until like a couple really? of years ago. It was like a controlled <laughs> substance. I mean, like a locked down. <laughs> I mean, like a truck full of that would light up in about 30 seconds. I mean, you could drive a truck with that <laughs> for about 30 <laughs> seconds. Yep. I just remember we used to make the apple cider drink yeah. in college. Yeah. Where we would... Uh, apple pie. Well, it was like, yeah, it was apple pie. And you would mix apple cider, apple juice, cinnamon, and Everclear. And maybe some vodka, too. And you would mix all that over, like, a pot and, like, heat it up. Mm-hmm. Yep, we went. Uh, we we were chilling at your in laws' lake house, I think. When yeah, made a big batch of that, and you just kept being Jared. Take it easy, take it easy. Yeah, Jared, Jared you were just putting it over ice and slugging it back like a soda. Because that's what you do and, with it. <laughs> but it was like a big glass. It wasn't like a. It was like a big water glass. You know, like sometimes you're really thirsty and you like get a big glass of water Mason with jar. ice, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna down this. You were doing that, yeah. But with like a cocktail that was like 22 percent alcohol. Yeah. Drinking it faster than beer, and you know what? I was right. <laughs> yeah, that stuff is uh, it's delicious, but 
pretty dangerous. I tried to make an elevated version of it. I made my own <laughs> cardamom vanilla infused vodka. <laughs> and it just isn't an as good. elevated version. Yeah, it's not as good. Yeah. Like it was just doesn't better. have the same like syrupy quality. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. so. We'll brainstorm this one. I think there's something there. <laughs> it's a good idea. Well. Mm. I'm going to hold off on that. Sorry. Just, uh, hey, welcome to the show. We're Bad Wallpaper. We've got a plan to create an album in one year by writing some music every week. We'll take our favorites, expand them into full songs, and then record our album at the end of a year. You could follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe and give us a review. Follow us on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper and on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. You could say your thing now if you want. I don't know what you were saving. <laughs> yeah, that's actually perfect. So perfect. <laughs> as I was uh, laying in bed, slowly recovering from the coronavirus, I, I decided to spend my time finally watching the Twin Peaks season three, the wow. 25 year later return of the famous show. Um, 18 hour long episodes. Pretty, pretty long. But honestly, like. I forget how TV used to be like, oh, this season is 20 hours of content. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like you're lucky if you get eight or 10 episodes out of a new season of TV. Yeah, it's, it's like seven or six or seven episodes. Yeah, that's hardly a dang TV show. Yeah. The, the, we just sound like 90-year-olds. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of it is a natural problem of like the show gets so big all the stars get huge contracts that they renew yeah. and then they're like, Oh, we literally can't afford to make this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So we only get six episodes and then it gets ruined, which is essentially what happened to like game of Thrones. Like yeah. they did not have nearly enough time to finish the story and the right. Story and and I think it's like a lack of, at some point you run out of material and only the great shows. Like I would say Gilmore girls, uh, you know, it's like seven seasons, 22 hour long episodes per season. There's so many storylines and, and plot points that you can come back to. And it's like, yeah, they, they just were operating a different TV environment where you had to actually be on the ball. And same with Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was not, you know, just going to make a 10 episode season and call it a day. Like those three seasons of Twin Peaks is like 60 hours of Twin Peaks. Yep. I have not seen the return, but uh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So really, I brought it up mostly because it, it's really relevant from a music perspective. Um, yeah. They made it kind of a theme that almost every episode ends with, like, in some instances, like a full song performance uh, at this, like, the Roadhouse, which is a mm -hmm. um, in-universe uh, venue bar. And man, some of those performances, well, like the performances were all like acted, you know, like it, it was like sure. a studio recording of the song, which actually was kind of nice because then you go and you're like, oh yeah, this is exactly the song I heard. Well, cause um, I remember in like the first season of Twin Peaks, they, they had like the, the lady singing the theme song, mm -hmm. which was br basically just the scene from Blue Velvet where she sings <laughs> Blue Velvet, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which awesome rocks. Yeah. Great. Uh, so I guess they like, is it like that kind of performance where it's kind of like dreamy and kind of like, or is it more about the music? Uh, yeah, it's, I think it, it goes a little farther into like somewhat believable because <laughs> like <laughs> those were so like dream, like why is this music playing in a club? Yeah. Why is this happening? Yeah. These, these, it's still that same kind of like why would you go to like a you know kind of a hick bar and then see uh you know like chromatics <laughs> like playing a super synthy dreamy you know but i would go to a bar and see the chromatics so i guess yeah that sounds like an ideal situation for yeah. me but i mean the chromatics have a, i think a couple appearances uh nine inch nails it's really funny they announce it like the nine inch nails. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's that performance was amazing. Uh, Eddie Vedder shows up. He he gets 
announced as like a different name, which is funny. Like, so he's. <laughs> Do you remember the name? Oh, it's like. Oh no, it's it's like Edward Severson or something. Oh, that rocks. Um, That's great. Yeah, I'd have to look it up, but uh, it it made me want to make a playlist of just the bands that played at the Roadhouse. And then I realized like, oh, there probably is already a playlist. That, that has to exist. Yeah. Um, it might just be the soundtrack for season three. Yeah. Yeah. There actually is like, you could buy the, the soundtrack. Uh, and I've heard good things about it. Um, there we go. Because yeah, I remember, I mean, there was, I he- mostly heard about that show when it came out five years ago from like Pitchfork because they were just talking about how much of a musical influence the original series had the mm-hmm. uh the score um i'm forgetting his full name angelo i think um yeah yeah it's super distinct like the way they use music in that show is huge like it means so much when a certain theme comes on um anyway it was great great uh super weird you know dream inspired thing that was perfect for as i was like going in and out of being awake and um yeah it (laughs) i was really happy with my really when i realized like i could probably watch this whole thing yeah absolutely i i actually did that with succession i watched like two seasons of succession when uh i had covid the first time i I was like i'm a season behind i just need to get caught up and it worked Mm mm-hmm well, and I have you seen the new Stranger Things yet? I forgot if we've talked about that yeah, at all. Yeah. I we finished it as well. I would say Twin Peaks does a way better job of using music <laughs> than like Stranger Things. Because honestly, like I think the first season of Stranger Things, they did like the kind of like 80s pop drops a little more subtly. Yeah. Maybe not maybe subtle's even the wrong word, but maybe a little less gratuitously. It was, I loved it in the first season when they, like, it was a bonding moment between Will and uh, his brother, you know, showing him, like, the clash, and uh, that felt so authentic, and also was, you know, kick-ass clash song. Um, And then, like, that mixed with, like, the really incredible soundtrack that they were, like, leaning on in the first season. Yeah. That felt like a much more authentic, like use of music mm-hmm. in a tv show closer to like a twin peaks whereas now it's like oh we just got to get as many 80s drops in <laughs> and also did we already talk about uh we talked about the kate bush thing kate a little bush. bit yeah like i guess it shows the music echo chamber that i'm in that like <laughs> kate bush was already a big thing for me and it's so surprising like my wife the other day was like, I heard Kate Bush on the radio the other day for the first time ever. And I was like, we must be listening to a different radio station. <laughs> Cause even on the like alternative rock station, they'd been playing running up that hill mm-hmm. before stranger things. So maybe it was more of just recency bias and, you know, I recognized it, but uh, that I think they kind of overused that. Like it would have been cool if it was like, I don't know. No, I totally agree. Like they did it like six times. Yeah. With the same song. And then the other big one to talk about is uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah. Which I thought was just ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> I like, I love that song. Yeah. It was appropriate for the character, but it was just like, come on, guys. Are we real? I like legitimately, I think, went, are we doing Master of Puppets when he got up there and went, and then like tuned a little bit? I was like, are we really doing this? And then it went full band Metallica. And I was like, oh, okay, we are doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I I I wonder if it would have been any different if they'd used like an Iron Maiden song, because they had like made that reference like they were going through his cassettes trying to find something to like play for uh, who like Nancy I guess when she got like possessed. Oh, uh, they're like, "Where's your music?" <laughs> they're like, "Where's Where's Phil Collins?" Where's <laughs> and he was like, "This <laughs> is music," and it was all like Iron Maiden. Uh, yeah, I agree. They could have gone. They could have gone a little le- like they. They didn't have to do Master of Puppets. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have to do that. <laughs> and uh, the now you know like Metallica's press over all this. Like they're totally like 
eating it up, you know, by oh. <laughs> I saw like they replied, you know, a, a classic YouTube comment of now only Stranger Things fans are going to like the song. Like no one will Ugh. be real fans that know. And the, and Metallica was like, you should respect all people who listen to. <laughs> and also it's master of puppets. Yeah. Every like 13 year old boy has gone through a phase of loving master of puppets, especially. Yeah. I was just the most surprised to like realize that that song came out in 1986. I thought it was a later Metallica song. Um, yeah, it it is probably like the most famous like earlier Metallica song. Yeah. Like much more famous than like Kill Them All or something. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Battery. Yeah. <laughs> See, it would have been legit if he did Battery. Yeah. I think that would have been the cool move. Right. Just get a little deeper cut. Um, but yeah, Stranger yeah. Things. It's just Stranger Things is that edgy like crossover between like counterculture but also like pop culture marvel yeah it's like if marvel was like a little cheekier yeah a little more self-aware you don't you know so it has some creds but it also kind of ruins them by yeah yeah i I think you're right it just it's just too big like twin peaks never was never going to get to that level (laughs) of like pop culture recognition you know oh yeah uh yeah and well no spoilers. I won't, I won't talk about how it ends. I was very happy with the ending. Um, it's it's definitely a discussion point. We'll just say that. Ooh. Um, so. Is it like the Sopranos ending where it's like. Actually, yeah. Uh-oh. Like I read like an article <laughs> I read afterwards was literally like like the, the way they framed it was like it ends with the, the main characters like like in focus and then like fades to black like the exact same way. So. Yeah, I don't know. I've never actually seen Sopranos though, so need to need to get on that. I didn't realize you haven't seen The Sopranos. <laughs> that's yeah, that, insane. That's a that's a. I mean, literally the best TV show ever, right? Yeah, yeah. You're kind of missing out just intentionally at this point. You could have watched that while you were sick. All of The Sopranos, all six seasons. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I told myself I was going to finish The Wire before I finished Sopranos, but How's I had to going? take like a break. After every season of The Wire, because it's so heavy. <laughs> I just feel so bad about the world. <laughs> just doesn't feel good. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, well, so what have you been up to in the, like, you know, two weeks since we Man, left? not too much. Uh, it was just my birthday. I am the birthday boy. I got a new audio interface. So if I'm sounding crisper and cleaner than ever, that's why. Uh, I got a songwriting book by Jeff Tweedy. Uh, I'll, I'll provide a book report on it once I read it in like, you know, <laughs> eight to 12 months. Yeah, just a uh, great birthday. Just kind of got to chat with my family and we went out for uh, dinner and drinks last night. I uh, just had a great time. So I'm 29 now. I'm not I'm not an elder like Jared here. Not a gray beard. Just 29 little little baby. It's funny. Yeah. I thought there was a legitimate chance that you were only turning 28. <laughs> because i'm so spry that much of a baby but i literally like was one year behind you in school you gotta you gotta know what my age is yeah but i i couldn't remember if there was also like a another aspect of that that you like skipped a grade or like you went to oh. class early like like so i thought you think i thought I, there you was think a I'm chance not smart yeah i like skipped a grade yeah that's pretty nice <laughs> No, just normal smart. Just a normal amount of smart. Well, I thought it explained like you, the uh, your awkwardness, like. In, oh, in college, okay. You're like, like oh, oh, this, this kid's little, really like a junior in high school, but he's this beautiful cool. summer child. <laughs> yeah. Spring chicken. Yeah. And also, like a foot taller than you. Yeah. <laughs> it's also an aspect of it. Birthday, like, what? I mean, my twenty ninth. <laughs> It was the like this is the end of my twenties, so it felt more significant than actually my thirtieth birthday, where I was like, this I get that. really is the end, because like twenty nine yeah. was like, all right, well now's my chance to like make the most of my last year. I get that. It's like you're going out with a bang. It's like you're senior in college. Yeah, <laughs> and then I mean, you know, in the middle of the coronavirus, didn't really do anything. My yeah, twenty <laughs> ninth year. That's fair. But uh, I I had some weird premonition. Uh, I could only describe it as a premonition. Two days ago, I was singing the song Sweet Escape 
by Gwen Stefani, and I believe Akon. Is it Akon? Okay, okay. You know the song, right? Uh, sure. Goes like, <laughs> woo-hoo, I think that's song number two by Blur. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, same song. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest here. It's a great catch. Uh, but we walked into a bar, and it's like in the basement. It's like a tiki bar in the basement of a building. And as we're walking down the, the stairs, we start hearing. Okay. And it gets closer. And, you know, as we enter the bar, they're blasting Sweet Escape. This is by, the most uh, Twin Gwen Peaks Stefani. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. No, it, it like legitimately happened. I didn't even notice it. Leah went, weren't you singing this song like yesterday? And I was like, I was singing this song. I, I'm just saying, I think that was the right bar for me to be in to celebrate my 29th birthday. I was where I needed to be. That was what the sign was. Yeah. Yeah. And did, did all your dreams come true at that bar? Yeah. I, it was a tiki bar. So I was like, okay, it's not on your menu, but you say classics and more. Can I, can I have a jungle bird please? And they were like, yes, we know how to make that. We're not, uh, we're not frauds. And I was like, oh, thank God. And so they made me a, a wonderful jungle bird. And I was like, yeah, this is where I needed to be. Did it have the, the tail feathers? It did not have the tail feathers, but they did put it in a bird mug. Oh, that's pretty good. So I, I think that was worth it. Yeah, very nice. Love to see it. Yeah. One way we can make your, your dream come true, you can make an album in your 29th year. Wow. Wouldn't that be a good way to wrap up I the think, 20s? I think so. <laughs> the roaring 20s. Yeah. It'll just be your first accomplishment of your 30s and my last accomplishment of my 20s. There we go. That's yeah. <laughs> fine. I assume you haven't accomplished anything yet. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no accomplishments to speak of. None. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how often do you get an accomplishment? Like once every year? Eight months? Oh, you got to get longer than that. <laughs> Two years, yeah. Like, what's a real accomplishment? Let's see. Graduated college. That was like 10 years ago. <laughs> you had a child. You did have a baby. Uh, yeah, that's probably an accomplishment. You didn't have I, the baby. I was going to say getting married, having a baby. Anyone out there on the fence of like, should I should I have a family? Like easy easy way to rack up those uh, gamer accomplishments. Points. Yeah, yeah, achievements unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, your kid took a step. You can celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> now you get to you get to go through the whole list of accomplishments again through your child. Turns out it's actually much harder to do something like make an album. <laughs> <laughs> much harder to accomplish than. Yeah, American Just life is really life. streamlined for a certain kind of accomplishment. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and not really streamlined for those anymore. No, no accomplishments are really that. streamlined at this <laughs> point. <laughs> no one gets accomplishments. The top 1% of Americans have accomplished 99% of the accomplishments. <laughs> oh, my God. Is this because they're smarter? No. I literally was thinking what even constitutes as an accomplishment for like bezos anymore oh yeah it's just like uh executed a new kind of uh like wild yeah. bird that's endangered yeah ate I mean, it for dinner went to space like cool i mean cool man like I 50 guess. years late to that party yeah um, like oh great wow you did something never been done before right bro <laughs> oh yeah yep yeah oh you Kinda. found out how to put books in the mail cool <laughs> Nice work. Yep. <laughs> you should be the richest man in the history of the world. Yeah. So, yeah. But making an album, I'm I'm really looking forward to that because the logistics are going to be a nightmare. It. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awful. But once we're once we're in it, I think it's going to be go time. I'm excited. Yep. Get. Yeah, I'm getting more and more excited as we're kind of reminiscing over our, our songs and like releasing them on our instagram page yeah yeah and i it just you know gives a gives a way to to see them again like easily and like right and it's a little divorced from like when you were making it and you like remember like all the little things that you didn't get quite right or all the little things that you <laughs> wish you could have captured oh yeah but you ran out of time because we were trying to just crank it out in a week <laughs> yeah well yeah and like another example like my track from like week 18 i had this like long intro part to it that was fun to mess around with but <laughs> isn't you know but like 
I needed to cut time down to get it on Instagram anyway. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I can actually like, and it gave me a chance to edit it into like, okay, this is what it would actually be like as a song. And yeah, it was pretty cool. No, I totally agree. I'm getting like more and more excited. I'm like, oh, there's some stuff here. We could, we could do some stuff here. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel like wasted effort. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is all trash. No, I actually don't think that. And I thought I would. So, yeah. hey, yeah. what an improvement. What an improvement. <laughs> right, let's we, get into uh, what we've been listening to. Yeah. Ask the proverbial question. The proverbial yeah. question. It, it, it comes up every week and every week we got to we got to wow with our answer. What have you been listening to, Jaren? I got into a. Like 90s. I guess kind of pop, pop rock, but grungy. It's like early, like indie rock, er, but early not indie in- rock. Yeah. Yeah. Band. Wait, um, you've been listening to nineties indie rock, Jaron. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one that it's, uh, they, they have songs that I like hear all the time. I'm like, oh, okay. But I never made the like effort of like knowing mm-hmm. the band and even like yeah. knowing what their name was, but been listening to, I, li- I listened to a lot of the Archers of Loaf discography. Yeah. Um, specifically, the album's Icky Metal, uh, which probably has their most recognizable songs. I think so. I think and, that's their most popular album. Yeah. White Trash Heroes, which I was surprised had more kind of like synth parts and like, mm. uh, you know, they were doing different things and still cool. Yeah. No, I, I recently also got into archers of loaf a little bit like i listened to icky metal mostly but uh yeah it's one of those bands that's not as big as like pavement mm-hmm. but is definitely in that lane of like they were doing a lot of really cool interesting alt rock stuff in the 90s they just were never at that indie darling level and obviously not at like the heights of 90s alt rock levels like smashing yeah. pumpkins which we've been listening to a lot yeah but I, I think they still are like a really good, solid indie rock band that just like never quite really exploded. Yeah. Yeah. I think the comparisons to pavement are there. I think it's one of those like simultaneous discovery kind of cases. Like <laughs> they definitely weren't trying to be pavement. It just turns out like, you know, that kind of happens. Like, yeah. Like built to spill pavement, archers of loaf. They were all kind of, active at similar times drawing from similar influences and making like different music but definitely like in the same genre yeah and uh i (laughs) reading through their biography on spotify was like super revelatory (laughs) because (laughs) they were like uh the Archer's chief inspirations were the replacements and sonic youth (laughs) but that only began to tell their story and it, it it it's funny because to it's like another level of the replacements were inspired by, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times, but these pop rock bands from like the seventies, you know, and eighties, like big star and Alex Chilton. Yeah. And, but then they had this like kind of hard, hardcore punk background of being in the Minnesota scene, Minneapolis scene. And the, that, you know, they would make like a poppy song, but it would end up getting like distilled through that, you know, uh, other inspirations that they had and, uh, and the way that they actually knew how to play their instruments and make their songs. And it turns out as something like completely different and new. And then you have like another level of that where I don't actually hear a ton of replacements in Archers of Loaf. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but they were you know that was what they were shooting for and it ended up through the lens of like you know 90s kind of grunge (laughs) yeah just Um, like what was around them yeah so and here we are great great music 30 years later still talking about those bands yeah so yeah i i enjoyed that a lot uh also wanted to call out real quick uh always yeah has a new track that i enjoyed quite a bit did you catch it I did catch it. It was only like two minutes long, right? It was like called like the pharmacist. Yeah, is that what it's called? Pharmacist. Yeah, uh, great track, and it it got me listening to more always as well. Just yeah. sent me down the rabbit hole. Yeah, always self titled. One of my favorite albums, probably ever. Um, and then their follow up album, Anti Socialites, took a while to like grow on me. 
and I, I think it's a good follow up. Like I, I yeah. it's not as much of a favorite. The this new track very shoegazy. Um, really curious hmm. to see how that you know develops. I mean, they've always been kind of shoegazy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been that like dream pop. Yeah. And but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely interested. It sounds it's like almost a little darker, mm-hmm. a little more, a little less poppy, a little more like ambient. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to the new record. Should be great. How about you, Jake? I honestly, I had like a ton of albums that I've been listening to for the last couple of weeks, and I I just had to like pick a few because <laughs> I feel like I was trying to get caught up on a bunch of new music, and uh, these are the two that I think I've listened to the most. Uh, I'll double check and make sure I'm not missing something because uh, that I would feel bad if I was missing a great album. But no, I think I think these are my my top two. So one is the new Soccer Mommy album, uh, Sometimes Forever. I I think everyone really got into Soccer Mommy around clean, you know, when that I think that, that got like best new music on Pitchfork, which mm-hmm. is how I hear about 90 percent of the new bands that I hear about. So I think that's when I got into Soccer Mommy and her follow up album, uh, Color Theory, was didn't really grab me as much, I think, as the first album that I listened to clean. But I think this new album, Sometimes Forever, uh, honestly, for me, I think has a little more staying power. I think it's got a lot of the darkness that she kind of introduced in Color Theory, but it, it maintains a lot of the guitar and production from clean. So I think ultimately when I went back and listened to that album, I noticed that like, oh, I really, really like her guitar playing. I think she writes fantastic guitar parts that kind of weave in and out of the songs. So I don't know. I I really enjoyed that album. Did you listen to it? I have not yet. Yeah. Need to get to it. I do like Soccer Mommy quite a bit. They stand out just a little more from... I don't think... I mean, I don't think it's fair at all to like group them with other big... Uh, female vocalist led acts like Phoebe, like the boy genius kind of trio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were kind of in, around that same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like how they're, I think there's a distinctness there because of like the, the guitar parts or, you know, the, the song structures are like actually a little more complex and like interesting. I agree. Um, no, I, I, I love a lot of what her like songwriting does in, you know, goes a lot of different directions. And that's really impressive, I think, to me, uh, especially for like a young songwriter who's, you know, already gone through like multiple phases of songwriting with these different albums and things. It's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I would highly recommend listening to the new Soccer Mommy album. And the other band I wanted to talk about is Perspective, A Lovely Hand to Hold. Uh, have you run into them at all, Jaren? I have. So their band name comes from a lyric, right? I so I think it comes from a Reliant K song. Which That's is why yeah, you yeah, instinctively yeah. were like, wait a That's second. It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh off of uh uh Forget Not Slow Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is probably I think the best Reliant K album, if I do say so myself. It's aged fantastically. Yep. I I I could make an argument. You know, for the I, I there's an argument to be had there, but I think it's the most mature, absolutely, yeah, yeah, like, definitely important statement. So <laughs> we'll, we'll save stuff. that for another day. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the definitive. But yeah, perspective, lovely hand to hold. They've been around for a while, kind of in the fourth wave emo scene. They've got a lot of really good, I would say, guitar heavy tracks. They do a lot of kind of math rocky open riffs and things like that. Uh, and a lot of interesting chord progressions that are kind of similar to like an origami angel or uh, mom jeans or a lot of those other like really twinkly fourth wave emo acts. Uh, but they just released a new album called Phantasmagoria Land. And uh, I think they're from New Hampshire. I think they like recorded it at home. And, you know, I think it's a really strong, it's like a quick 20 minute listen but it's a really strong album from them. And I think they've matured from a songwriting perspective from a lot of their more like straightforward fourth emo days or fourth, fourth wave emo days. And now they've got their own style and their own kind of guitar 
tr- like tune the tone that I like really connect with when I listen to them. And I think it's just a really strong, uh, strong uh, release by them. That's, I mean, that's right up my alley. Definitely gonna, definitely gonna check that out. It kind of the way you mentioned that kind of reminds me of Paramore's last album. Mm. You know, pick the can't remember third wave or fourth wave emo. Fourth They're wave. definitely third wave emo. Third wave, that's no wave. question. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, but they're uh, I forgot what it was called, but the their last album, and it's like at this point five years old or so, but matured into a very different like kind of indie, yeah, kind of thing. You know, like not I think much that's like fair. pop punk emo in it at all. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool how like you could they, they, they they've grown. That's what you want from those bands. Yeah. Like, in, unless they're doing more interesting things within that kind of emo space than just being angsty and emotional. Uh, yeah. I, I love whenever they can evolve and, and grow something. New yeah, develop their own style, I think, is always a, a cool thing for, like, a, a not necessarily huge band to just, like, settle into through over time. Yeah. I wonder how that, like naturally happens you know it's it's kind of like i mean as a teenager all i wanted to do was figure out how to make my guitar sound like you know blink 182 or yeah (laughs) and 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 you do that by learning those songs and then you're like oh i can make my own song that sounds a lot Mm -hmm. like that and that's how you get all of the kind of uh, Vans Warped Tour type bands, you know, they're all like yeah. teenagers or like right out of being <laughs> teenagers, and they're all just making music that sounds like the music that they all listen to. It becomes this like really cohesive scene. But then I guess as you know, and if you're good enough, you can actually make an album, and there's a lot of people that'll buy it. And then, but then that second album or third album, like, what do you do after that? Like, yeah, keep- that really shows what you're about. Yeah. I, that's my suspicion of how that happens. I mean, Warped <laughs> Tour isn't even really a thing anymore. So yeah, how, how does that work? Rest in know. peace to Warped Tour. Uh, <laughs> oh, I will also say, uh, Perspective Lovely Hand to Hold also released a great album in 2019 called Lousy. That's really when I latched onto them as like a band I really like, not just a band that I've heard a few of their songs and I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I like this band. Uh, that Lousy album is a little longer, and I think it's really really good as well. So yeah, that's an important distinction. Like, oh yeah, I've heard that song, you know, like, like, (laughs) yeah, I know this band. I know like three songs by them. That's why album albums are still important. It it really, that's what makes you fall in love with the band. I think is if you can enjoy an entire album. Yeah. And you like latch onto that album and go back to that album. I think that's really important for me in terms of, yeah, developing a a following for a band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, after posting like some of our riffs, I got some messages from our listeners. Oh my god! <laughs> Jake's like, we have listeners. Wait, I'm I'm legitimately like, what are you, are you are you talking about something for real? I don't know. Sort of. I I, <laughs> I mean, a friend was like, oh, I totally hear this inspiration in the track, which was not what you know <laughs> the original inspiration was, but that's like cool, you know, like yeah, uh, it was my the the week 18 daisy track i i posted that was uh jimmy world right uh no that one was <laughs> um what was it was that one american football episode 18? yeah it was american football yeah because it was my like oh the slowed down midwest one. emo yeah 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 of, like thing um yep, yep. but my friend was like that sounds like kind of like uh bon self-titled and i Dang. i I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll definitely take that. And I mean, per the opener of that album is my favorite Bon Iver song of all time, Perth. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I kind of could hear, you know, a little bit. Like, I never really thought of that song through a Midwest emo lens, but yeah, you could you could do a cool Midwest emo cover of that. I feel like. Um. But uh, yeah, you heard it here first, me, folks. Made me. Uh, yeah, I was just glad we're getting that we're getting that audience feedback connection. That's we what you get when you follow feedback. us on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> you you get that direct to us communication line. Yeah, you can bother us directly. 
So should I talk about my my inspiration this week? I think it's my turn to go first. All right, all right. I'm trying to I'll keep flipping it. I don't want people to get, you know, too settled in and then they start listening to your riffs and then turning it off after my riff <laughs> or before my riff. That's um, really what I'm trying to avoid is, you know, if someone gets really attached to one of us, they still have to listen to the whole episode like every other week. Yeah. We're, we're actually going to make a white album. One. <laughs> no, we're going to. It's going to be like. Uh, it's going to have to be like uh, the Outcast album. Yeah. yeah Speaker yeah, box. Yeah. Love below. And we'll <laughs> we'll <laughs> have one disc that is all your songs. One who's disc who's Andre 3000 and who's big boy in this? <laughs> I'm uh, clearly situation. Andre 3000. I don't know. You're kind of a big boy. <laughs> That's true. I am a bigger boy than you. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> Oh, this this week we got two like big time classics coming at you. Uh, didn't mean to do that. Sometimes it happens where we're both like, uh, my favorite band is my inspiration. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going to say this band is my favorite band, but I do love this band. Uh, this week I picked Sonic Youth as my respiration. I'll get more into the technical details as to why. But I think sometimes when I'm writing a song or I'm trying to write a riff or I'm trying to just jam on guitar, uh, Sonic Youth is a big inspiration for me because I think they have done some of the best of anyone ever of mixing like drone and noise rock with like pop licks. And I think that's something that I always gravitate back to as an inspiration because I'm always like, I want to do something interesting. I want to do something cool, but I also want to draw on kind of like the droney influence. And so I picked Cool Thing by Sonic Youth because that's kind of a later or kind of a mid, mid-career mid Sonic Youth. Is that fair? Uh, mid-career Sonic Youth single that I think has a lot of like really cool uh, guitar parts, a lot of dynamics, uh, a lot of droney parts. It really just kind of runs the whole uh, gambit of Sonic Youth. And it was on Guitar Hero, right? Was it on Guitar Hero? <laughs> it was probably on one of the Guitar Heroes, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I actually don't. don't <laughs> cool thing. Cool, that's a cool thing. I mean, so that that's off their 1990 album Goo, which was the follow up to Daydream Nation. So they were kind of at their height at that point, and they were still putting out like crazy singles like that, which is funny. It's like this was when they were like on major labels and releasing big albums and stuff, and they were still doing noisy you know droney rock and roll that's like you know kind of aggressive and uh kim gordon is awesome in that song i love kim gordon uh she's always great yeah that, and, that's got to be one of the most like emblemic kim gordon songs like uh it's a really big song by them too it's got like 33 million listens on spotify and i it's not near their like poppiest stuff but it still has like such a catchy bunch of catchy hooks and guitar lines and stuff like that. Yeah. The couple, couple things like I thought about it, like there was one moment where, cause there's two guitarists in that band and, uh, well, what, what are their names? Thurston Moore. Thurston and, and, and Lee. Lee. Is it? But, uh, the, there's like a section of the song where they're both just, just jamming but it's just like a droney chord they're both playing and it's like it takes so much like creative bravery i guess to you know it to make that work i yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it but to it often feels like you want to be doing something different and unique in the part that you're bringing in the song but nope we're just gonna like hold on this chord <laughs> and both play it and it's gonna be all right yeah and, and it's gonna sound cool and the drums are gonna have their yeah. time to shine and yeah, yeah it just sonic, carries sonic youth is a, a definitely masters of like the drone kind of groove and yeah, yeah it just carries in it it's 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 really impressive what they can do. With I, that. And I think they're one of those bands that's so foundational to a lot of other bands we like that it's hard to like if I like another band, it might just be because like I like the Sonic Youthy parts of them or something like yeah. that. You know, it's just so ingrained in the kind yeah. of music that we listen to that it it is influential kind of inevitably. Yeah. 
so Lee Ronaldo, the other, the other guitarist, I remember watching like a gear video of his <laughs> and it, like, I don't know if it, if on this track is something they use, but he sometimes would play guitar, like a 12 string guitar where every string is tuned to E, <laughs> you know, and, and then he would just play, you know, it open. And like, that's what, you know, he would do. It's just like this huge droney. Uh, and you can't really replicate that sound. Yeah. What's, what's funny is what made me pick this as my respiration is I was playing around with uh court or uh, with tunings. And I was like, I wonder how this song is played specifically. Cause I really, I always like that. I think that's such a cool riff. And I was like, I want to learn how to play that. I'm sure they use some weird uh, tuning. Of course they do. Uh, I think they do something similar to that open E thing where it's like four of the strings are tuned to like F sharp or E with like a capo. Mm-hmm. And then they have like two, the, the top two strings tuned to like an open chord, you know? Yep. <laughs> and so really they're just going like open F sharp with like some, you know, hammer ons and stuff. <laughs> it, it's really like a, a cool open chord uh drone kind of tuning and from there i just started playing with the tuning <laughs> i was like okay i like this open f sharp minor kind of thing uh and i accidentally kind of stumbled upon an open f sharp major kind of uh tuning uh i honestly it would be hard for i would be able to find it again but it's gonna be hard uh <laughs> if, if this is gonna be our right, you should I need I to write it down or something. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> I got to well, figure this stuff out. Why do I not write this stuff down? <laughs> let's uh, give it a listen. Yeah, I called it major thing because I literally was like, <laughs> I'll do the cool thing tuning and then play with it until it sounds major. There it is. All right. Major thing. so cool it was a cool thing it was a cool thing wow (laughs) that's interesting Uh, interesting commentary (laughs) no there's so many interesting like chords that come out of that like yeah uh, kind of an unexpected like dominant seventh uh i mean and then, then the second part like the way that that works with it and that's what's so cool about droney kind of things is mm that it's that drone line that like pulls it all together and contextualizes it all. Um, and I was ready for like a breakdown, like a, like a, or not a breakdown, but like a second gear, like a, mm-hmm. like a, like a chunk, like, and it just goes heavy. Yeah. Um, I think that song has so much potential. Yeah. I also yeah. heard, I, some I I think it was the dominant seventh, but like I heard a little like Courtney Barnett a little bit. Oh, like, I could hear that kind of like she kind of does like a Lou Reed esque uh, way of doing vocals, where it's kind of sing songy or talk talk singy. I don't know talk singy. I would say that's um, and I could hear that with this, which is also kind of a Sonic Youth thing. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, very much like a Kim Gordon thing <laughs> when she wants to. She's really just talking or. Like, <laughs> But uh, the Lou Reed. No, I think I'm more I'm more in the Tom Waits register than the Lou Reed register. So um, this is my talk singing. 
Yeah, that sounds a lot like <laughs> No, but you could hear like a, take a walk on the wild side, you know, like a. Oh, yeah, sure. Like a. It's kind of, yeah, talking through the. Uh, kind of thing. Going the on. melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, I'm pretty sure Velvet Underground was a big influence on Sonic Youth. I would say that's probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that a lot, though. Um. I, I liked what you're doing. Two guitars in there, maybe. Yeah, there was there was basically like one that was just droning. Uh, I, I would probably do it with bass, or you know, do something different with a guitar and add a bass. But uh, I thought just like adding a drone mm-hmm. on top of the drone would also uh, kind of give it some like extra droniness. That sounds it, stupid. It definitely did. No, I... <laughs> you know, I added the droney guitar to add some droniness to the drone. Um, <laughs> What kind of what kind of podcast is this? Is this a military technology yeah, podcast what, what or is this, this a music podcast? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? All right. Well, so far that's a that's a heavy contender. Heavy contender for I, I've been pretty happy with this month. I I think like it's funny, I mean, this is another one of those long months where because of some circumstances we couldn't record every week, but this I think I actually knocked out in three weeks. So I'm yeah. I'm pretty happy with this month so far. Yeah. All right. Well, Let's get to it. Let's get to Your it. Turn. So if we go back to the Archers of Loaf biography, inspired by Sonic Youth and The Replacements. <laughs> guess, I was guess, like, are you really going to talk about The Replacements right here and then talk about The Replacements again? Yeah. Guess guess whose uh, inspiration <laughs> this week was The Replacements. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's tell the listener, though. I think... Since college, The Replacements is your favorite band. You've probably said that on the podcast as well. I, I think so. Yeah. And he's, they're definitely a huge influence for me as well. I love The Replacements. Yeah. Especially just from like a guitar perspective. I, yeah, I mean, that they're what I, you know, someday strive to be, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're, I kind of, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't super intentional. Like when I sat down to like write a song, write my riff this week, and uh, it just started like happening. And I was like, you know what? This this is gonna be it. And then I like I committed like halfway into <laughs> what I was doing, and uh, <laughs> I was like, this is the replacements week. And I don't know how it turned out. It's been a long but, time coming. Uh, and then there were like, which replacement song should I pick? You know, yeah. Um, Hard question. And it it didn't take me too long to narrow it down. Like Bastards of Young off of the album Tim. Tim is probably their most Tim or Please to Meet Me are their probably most polished professional albums. Yeah, probably. Um and I think just inevitably everything I do ends up being more polished. Like it's hard for me to be like really raw and like, um, so that made sense. Uh, Bastard Z Young just, ah, what a song. Let's just, let's just. Hold on. What's your, what's your favorite replacement song before we get into Bastards of Young? My favorite (laughs) replacement song is probably favorite thing off of, off of Let It Be. Um, kind of a deeper cut. Uh, but I love every like everything, every single thing about that song. And then every time like I listen to another <laughs> replacement song, I'm always like, let's go back to favorite thing. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> one more time, one more time. I think my favorite is "Can't Hardly Wait." Uh, I think that captures favorite. what I love about the replacements the most is like the emotion of it, like the clean, yeah, like really cool guitar part, and like yeah, the the just strong vocals. But Bastards of Young is such a good pick as well. Yeah, God, what a good what a good band. <laughs> so the so the SNL story is that like they're playing, they're just playing uh, Bastards of Young, and then like yell a profanity off mic, and like Lorne Michaels got really mad and banned them for life, which is funny because it's also like one of the best SNL performances I've ever seen. Yeah. When it just really feels like just a real show, those are the SNL moments that like you realize like are amazing. Yeah, um, and it's like pretty few and far between. I feel like mm-hmm. in general, a lot of the times it's like really polished and stuff like that. But that's just a great performance on live television. 
mm-hmm. uh, that deserves to live on its own, you know, as being a really good live performance. Oh, man. Yeah. There's so many parts of that song that are in, like something I hoped to emulate a little bit is how they have like just a moment where at the end it's like that, like, da na 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 na. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like it only happens once, you know. It's not like it. Is it a bridge? Is it? It's yeah. It's not, it's, it's just, just like kind of breaks a things moment. up a little bit. And it, yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean that's it. Just swells like emotion out of me. <laughs> it's just like, um, and just the the rawness though is still of like they're they're polished, you know, and it's uh. But but it's still like let's let's just go you know there's the little flubs but like it all like kind of works, mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean to kind of emulate that I once I figured out the structure of what I was doing I like recorded the whole main guitar part like all the way through, uh one take and all right so you know there's some some funkiness in there but I think it all works hopefully, you ready I'm glad I'm ready all right. That's that's one of my favorite things you've ever done. Uh, I think there's a catchiness to just the structure of the song uh, that I think is really awesome. I see like the blues rock verse, I think, is like really fun and and uh, definitely replacements esque. Uh, and I think the best part is the boom, boom, doom, 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 doom. You know, it, it's like a the little breakdown I, that to me that almost feels like a pre-chorus into a big chorus, or it could be its own chorus. Uh, I just really like the structure of that. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I feel like I'm pretty level-headed on this podcast. I think I'm. I think I bring a voice of reason uh, when I don't love it, but I think that one was a real hit. I'm so glad. I was I was nervous <laughs> that like uh that's kind of derivative, Jerry. <laughs> but I mean it's it's like very replacement esque, but like it doesn't feel derivative to me. Awesome. Yeah. Uh my favorite part of it is the that ending. <laughs> yeah, it just, you like, saw like I think you saw my eyes light yeah, up a little bit when that <laughs> happened. I was like, oh. That's that kind of like just that one little different thing. And yeah, it just happened like organically, like 
I, you know, because I was just soloing. I didn't have like the backing part, and mm. and then I was like, you know what, this part. And then I was like, what if there's like this cool like break underneath it? That, yeah. And it. Oh, so you constructed it around the guitar part, not <laughs> around like of changing chords. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. A, that's really cool. Yeah. Um. You just felt the vibe shift underneath you. I did. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it's one of my favorite things I've written too. Like nice. All right. We're in agreement. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, also like listening again to like Columbia, you know, Mm -hmm. I I think it's helping kind of like centering in on like, okay, this could be our sound, you know? And I think that that kind of, I mean, it's like a different, somewhat different aspect of that same sound but i think it kind of fits in there mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know but uh i'm just glad to do the replacements justice hopefully <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think you picked a good week you know you can't pick a, a week week a week week to do week. one of your favorite bands yeah. it always ups the ante for me as well it's like oh i can't i can't pick this band and then do a bad job yeah uh <laughs> I don't know if, I mean, if Jesse are here, we could talk about the bass part. <laughs> Even without Jesse here, we can still talk about the bass we part. We can still talk about the bass part. I we know, know what we're talking about. I was torn on, like, is it cheesy to do the, like, classic bum, 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 kind of bass line under <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I did, like, one with, like, straight, just, you know root note bass and then like mm. one with that kind of groove kind of thing i i really like how it like differentiates the verses yeah it really works i think during so like the solo part so i don't know it's no i think so we'll give we'll give jesse some yeah and i think you your second verse could have you know switched up the drums a little bit more too uh, but yeah. obviously oh, yeah. we're limited we're limited Definitely. in that capacity but uh another area where you can see just like a little bit of um dynamic change mm-hmm. that could elevate kind of the flow of the song yep yeah love it then the only part missing is uh paul westerberg vocals you know yeah um <laughs> that's the impossible part to emulate and i don't think you know we ever want to do that but oh let me let me give it a go uh <laughs> i'm not doing this i know <laughs> it's gonna be embarrassing yeah i have to explain it to my neighbors well, let's get drunk in Minneapolis sometime, and uh, <laughs> that'll unlock the uh, yeah the Westerberg howl. Yep. Uh, some cold cold night in in a garage or basement. Just, uh, that that channels it. We could get Craig Finn too. That would help. Oh yeah. If anyone channels Paul Westerberg, I think it's Craig Finn. Well, it's been a week. It's been more than a week, but uh, <laughs> you feel you sound pretty good, actually. You you sound like you got a little energy. You're hanging in there. Yeah, uh, energy wise, I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, good. Just a little congested still. But, uh, <laughs> what can you do? What can you yeah. do? Well, you know what's not congested is those fingers. They're uh they're they're blazing a trail. That's <laughs> well, so stupid. <laughs> I recorded this way before I was sick. So. <laughs> um, That's true. Yeah, there was no music. Okay, well, you, was, you'll have to get back so, to it and, uh, yeah. you know, get the groove back. So, yeah, unfortunately, another hiatus coming up. Uh, I don't know if I even told you about this, but we're going to end, uh, Missouri next week. So Oh, nice. Um, we'll, we'll talk after this. You're in trouble, mister. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, when we get back back, it's uh, review time. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, there's always a chance we could record... Oh, uh, out. Yeah, that's true. We'll talk about that one in our <laughs> in our band meeting after the yeah. podcast, but we can't air that kind of dirty laundry. Yeah, that's to uh, the, the nice people at home. That is the private things that only our Patreon subscribers get to experience. <laughs> Gonna get a Discord where we just argue with each other and other people egg us on. Yeah, that would be. That sounds great. Be awesome. Everyone would love that. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, you know do Trump the thing. Up. Thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I love we it. normally say? I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, we usually just remind everybody that we're on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band and on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper. We'll be posting uh, these tracks and many others on the Instagram 
uh, posting links to SoundCloud. You can check out a lot of stuff on SoundCloud too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just uh, our music is is becoming easier to find by the day, mm-hmm. and we love to see it. So until next time, folks. Thank you. Bye.